Hey, it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. It is amazing to watch the media hail Joe Biden. I mean, it was some real pukey talk this morning on, on MSNBC. I, I, I didn't even bother with the clip. And by the way, we will not be playing this clip of Kanye West. That, that's just a blanket statement. We're not playing a clip of Kanye West. We are getting we are getting so bogged down in irrelevant things. Like anyone who thinks Nick Fuentes and Kanye West are really important stories doesn't know anything. You don't know anything, you aren't paying attention if you think that's the most important thing. And I was very clear. I know some people warmly embraced Kanye West when he put on a MAGA hat. And I I warned, as I do, let's not be the easily excitable dog. Just because somebody trying to get attention puts on a MAGA hat or says something mildly conservative, we do this all the time with celebrities. And my favorite, one of my favorite moments was Ashton Kutcher at the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards when he gave that speech that that opportunity looks like a lot like hard work. The next morning, I was like, Ashton Kutcher's a conservative. Slow down. You know, slow down. Like on left-wing media, there is a, I shouldn't say it's a tendency, it's a pretty well-documented track record, that they run out to be first to be wrong. How many, how many stories have we watched narratives fall apart that the media created out of whole cloth and then they just move on to the next narrative? Hands up, don't shoot, Duke lacrosse rape case, uh, Brett Kavanaugh, Covington Catholic, right? We could go on and on and on. White supremacists are causing mass shootings. We, we, we can do this all day. Right, both, Pulse, both uh, the Pulse nightclub shooting and the Club Q shooting in Colorado. Their immediate reaction, well, it's got to be white supremacists. And then it falls apart. And then they actually demonize you for daring to be... One of my favorite things about how the media creates a narrative is, okay, there's a tragic shooting. It must be white supremacists. If you are skeptical of that, well, then you must be defending white supremacists. I mean, you're giving white supremacists the benefit of the doubt. You know, if you come out with a statistic that, you know, more black people are shot by police than any other demographic and you go, wait a second, is that true? Then you are casting doubt on what has been obviously a well-documented and well-researched piece of information. And then you go, wait a second, more white people were shot by cops. Well, it was a per capita thing. By even casting doubt on a narrative created by the left, it's like they cast it so you will cast doubt on it so they can demonize you for casting doubt on it. So if there's a shooting in Uvalde, a tragic, awful shooting, and the first reaction is, well, if the kids were mostly Hispanic, well, who would do such a thing? It would have to be a MAGA hat wearing conservative. You go, I don't know about that. The fact that you would actually question that means you're taking the side of someone who is obviously the perpetrator of this crime. Same thing, Jussie Smollett. When his story sounded absurd on the surface, there were people like, see, you're defending, you're defending the two white guys in MAGA hats. No. If you show me a granule of 
evidence that two white guys in MAGA hats were out at 2 o'clock in the morning in sub-zero temperatures looking for a gay black guy to beat up, I will say, oh my God, that's tragic. But the story sounds so made up. I have to ask questions. By daring to even question the narrative, you are doing the thing the narrative was designed to do in the first place. Wine six six ninety five Patriot nine five seven two eight seven four. Did I go off on a tangent there? A little bit. I just sort of stream of gave a little stream of consciousness for a second there. Uh, I don't know if you saw that uh, Joe Biden, after this uh, vote in the Senate, I believe he signed this. Um, this railway strike uh, strike busting uh, legislation. So uh, railway workers are not getting uh, paid sick leave, something the Democrats promised. The narrative here is that Biden succeeded, that Biden averted a strike. Biden didn't avert a strike. Biden signed a piece of legislation that says, now you can't strike. They didn't avert a strike. They made a law that says if you strike, you are breaking a law. Biden didn't come with some great negotiation. Really what he would have done if it, it, it is would have been like, what do you want? Sure, the government will give you that. What do you want? Sure, the government will give you that. That's not even, that's just giving things away. If the unions came to Biden and said, we want $5 billion, he'd say, okay, here's half a year, here's $5 billion, but it'll come out of the... Uh, Transportation uh, Department's budget and the Commerce Department's budget. You happy? Yeah, sure, great. Biden didn't negotiate something here. His people whipped votes in the House and the Senate. And now you're not, this is not something secondary or tertiary. The Democrats promised that if you gave them power, if you were a union member and you voted Democrat, they were going to get you paid sick leave. They failed. They didn't say, well, we'll get it down the road after we avert a recession. We'll get it in a new year. or It's already been two years. They said, give us the power. We will get you paid sick leave. They have not gotten anyone paid sick leave. At least not in this union. Wines at 695 Patriot 957-2874. Play cut one. Do the freight rail workers deserve more than one day of paid sick leave like millions of Americans have? And if so, why didn't you negotiate for that when you were helping to negotiate that contract that you now want Congress to impose? I love you guys. I negotiated a contract no one else could negotiate. The only thing that was left out was whether or not it was paid leave. You know I've been trying to get paid leave, not just for rail workers, for everybody. But that other team, they called the Republicans, they voted against it. They said we couldn't do it. We're one of the few nations in the world that don't have paid leave for our workers. And so what we're doing is we can't afford to have, and by the way, in the meantime, they got a 43, 45% increase in salary, et cetera. There's a lot of good things that happened in that. And in fact, this shuts down over the question of one to five paid, or seven or nine, or whatever the numbers, and be negotiated of paid leave days. It's going to immediately cost 750,000 jobs and cause a recession. Let me tell you something. And I'm not a heartless person. He's off on that, by the way. It was a 24% pay raise. If 
if these workers got a 40% pay raise and they were holding out for anything else, I would be knocking on their doors going, you effing crybaby, 40%? Nobody gets a 40% pay raise. People are jumping up and down when they get a 3% pay raise. 40? I'm sorry, I wouldn't feel bad for you. I wouldn't feel bad for you. But notice how the media is completely leaving out, completely and totally leaving out that this serves Warren Buffett, the one of the largest donors, if the, probably not the largest single donor, but generationally, I bet Warren Buffett is the largest donor in the history of big government donations to the Democrat Party. The Oracle from Omaha. This is serving Warren Buffett and Warren Buffett alone. And the media doesn't have the courage to say it. That he doesn't even know what he's talking about. So it's like, well, one day, two days, I don't know. But don't worry. He still wants paid leave. And eventually, they'll get around to it. Cut two. And so what I've made it really clear is that what was negotiated was so much better than anything they ever had. That it's worth, and they all signed on to it, by the way. There are only four unions that, out of the 13 or 14 that didn't agree. So the majority at the time it was that I presented it, they asked me to do it. I presented it. They all signed on. But here's the story. It doesn't mean because we are going to pass this, God willing, uh, on by Friday, uh, by the time, the, the, by, by the weekend, that uh, we're, I'm going to back off a of paid leave. I made it really clear I'm going to continue to fight for paid leave for not only rail workers, but for all American workers. I don't understand what this concept of paid leave is. I don't understand this concept. What, what do you mean paid leave? Well, when you're not here, you get paid. So you don't work, but you still get paid? Yes, paid leave. Now, I understand what we're talking about here. People that need to take time to care for a sick child or an elderly parent. I understand the concept. But if you're a small business owner, there's no paid leave. My dad was fond of saying when he would take me to work with him at our small business, an Army and Navy store, if I don't turn this key, we don't eat. That was my dad's line. If I don't turn this key, we don't eat. That was it. My dad was the only full-time employee at our family business. If he couldn't go to work, the door didn't open. Wintick 695 Patriot 9572874. Let me augment that by saying there were times when he had part-time workers, and if he was that sick, he might be able to rely on them, but not for the long term. And I could tell you, when my mom came down, my mom was diagnosed with cancer in 1998. She passed away in 02. My dad had a balance being a caregiver to my mother and running a small business. There was no paid leave for my dad. If you're the business owner, there's no paid leave for you. Wintick 695 Patriot 9572874. Now, should companies give good employees, valued employees, time off if they need it? Well, that's up to the business. That's up to the business. I know, I'm evil. But anyone who runs a mom-and-pop business knows there's no such thing as paid leave. Rand Paul had a good point. Why is this Congress's business anyway? Now that this has happened, 
every group is going to hold out on a contract until Congress steps in. Cut four. Well, you know, once Congress gets involved in this, I would guess that they'll keep running to Congress. I don't think it's a good idea really to have Congress involved with mediating contracts between labor and management. I actually voted unusually present because I don't think there's any role for Congress and Congress shouldn't say whether labor is right or management is right. I think had we not gotten in the middle of this, they would have come to an agreement because obviously a strike is not only bad for the country, it's bad for labor and it's also bad for management. So, but by Congress coming to the rescue, I think it encourages this to happen again. And this isn't really the way the marketplace or the way people should figure out their wages. It's not the way we should have collective bargaining. Are you kidding me? The Elizabeth Warrens of the world think this is exactly how it should be done. We have a thing called the National Labor Relations Board. If you could show me that power in the Constitution, I'd love to see it. Why is government getting involved in, you know, just the other day, I think it was, Right? Well, when Jack Dorsey was running Twitter, they would say, hey, keep your hands off their private business. As soon as Elon Musk took over Twitter, like, we're looking into it. Either we believe the government should be deeply involved in private business or we don't. Weintick 695, Patriot 957-2874. We are right. They are wrong. That's the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program cannot be broken. Sirius XM Patriot. You can join me live on the Will Count Majority, Monday to Friday, noon to 3 East, 9 to noon West, on Sirius XM Patriot, Channel 125.